0: Say this is my my. This is my, my and you're listening to the VC20 podcast. I wasn't gonna honey. Close. You're listening to the VC20 podcast, a space for meaningful conversations and relevant teachings. What is up y'all? Welcome back to the VC20 podcast. This is our third episode our first non-Sunday sermon episode. And uh, today we're going to do a little devotional of sorts. I'm joined by my man on the ones and twos, Alberto. Bert, say what's up to everybody. What's up, people? Happy to be here. Uh, Today, Bert and I are going to talk to you for the next few moments uh, about an idea that I introduced to you this past Sunday. I talked about Elijah and an encounter that he has with a widow. And I said that, uh, you know, for, for many of us, life is hard. And God often moves in the midst of hardship and mysterious ways. That language is actually taken from a hymn written by a guy named William Cooper in 1773. Not only was Cooper famous for a lot of the hymns he wrote, but he was also one of the most popular secular poets of his time. Samuel Taylor Coleridge, once called Cooper, the world's greatest modern poet. Although he was a giant in the literary world, Cooper was tormented by mental illness and bouts with debilitating depression. He was actually institutionalized at one point at a place called St. Albans Insane Asylum in 1763 after he tried to commit suicide because he had a panic attack during a job interview. And the story goes that while there, the director of St. Albans, who was a Christian, had strategically left a Bible open to Romans chapter 3, verse 25. It's a verse that says, God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith he did so to demonstrate his righteousness. And the story goes that uh, uh, upon uh, reading that passage, Cooper was instantly converted. He said, the full beam of the son of righteousness shone upon me. I saw the sufficiency of the atonement he had made, my pardon sealed in his blood, and all the fullness and completeness of his justification. Cooper would eventually recover and go on to pen numerous hymns, one of which is my personal favorite. It's a hymn called There is a Fountain Filled with Blood. you know the words to that one, Bert? I've never heard of it. Man, you got to get hip. You youngins know nothing about good music. I like "Be Thou My Vision." That's that, a good one. That's a good one too, man. I, I love these old hymns because the the lyrics are so rich with theology and biblical truth. and uh, And so, I encourage you to check out. There is a fountain filled with with blood. But by seventeen seventy three, Cooper's depression would return. His brother had passed away in seventeen seventy, followed by the death of two of his cousins in seventy one. The tragedy of loss was was compounded by rumors that Cooper was in an immoral relationship with his landlady. And uh, and to top it all off, he had a dream that had convinced him he was going to hell. And all of this amounted to another spell of darkness and deep depression that would eventually culminate in another suicide attempt. But before that, Cooper penned the words to what most believe was his final hymn, which is the song called God Moves in a Mysterious Way. The song opens with these lines. It says, God moves in a mysterious way his wonders to perform. He plants his footsteps in the sea and rides upon the storm. You know, this analogy of a storm perfectly illustrates the struggle and turmoil that Cooper and so many others endure. Relationships are broken, cancer grows, dreams are dashed, loved ones are lost. We live in what John Bunyan aptly called a veil of tears. And although we never quite know what God's purpose behind it all is on this side of eternity, we can be assured that even while we're walking through the valley of the shadow of death, God is with us, and He's forging our faith on the anvil of affliction. We may be tried by fire, but you better believe we're coming out gold, as First Peter tells us. In the third stanza, it, is that what it's called, Bert? Is it, I, I know this song started out as a poem. In a poem, it's called a stanza. In a song, it's called a... It's a verse. It's a verse. You should know that. Uh, yeah, I, I should have. Sorry. Uh, but in the third verse, according to Bert, uh, Cooper said, "Ye fearful saints, fresh courage take. The clouds, ye so much dread are big with mercy and shall break in blessings on your head. Elise and I took a walk with our boys around the neighborhood the other day, and there was a giant storm cloud in the sky. And Elise started nerding out, talking about how it was a cumulonimbus, which sounds like a Harry Potter broom to me, doesn't it? It's like a Nimbus 2000. From... Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Now, I'm not a meteorologist or anything, but what struck me about this cloud was how dark and ominous and very, very large it looked. But But it was crazy because beyond it, the sky was beautiful and the sun was shining. And I was reminded that, that Christians aren't exempt from the storm. You know, Jesus tells the parable in Matthew 7 about a wise man who built his house upon a rock and a foolish man who builds his house upon the sand. And when the storm came, the wise, the wise man's house stood still while the foolish man's house was destroyed. But, but the thing I want you to notice is that the storm still hit both houses. Following Jesus doesn't exempt you from the storm. But for the Christian, the storm clouds are never the final horizon. The clouds may even blot out the sun for a bit, but toward the end of the song, Cooper leaves us with this encouragement. He says, His purpose will ripen fast, unfolding every hour. The bud may have a bitter taste, but sweet will be the flower. Very soon, the sun will scatter these storm clouds, and God's redemptive purpose in it all will be clearly seen. God does indeed work in mysterious ways, but a mystery isn't something that's unknowable. It's simply something that hasn't been revealed yet. If we knew everything that God knows, we would do exactly what God does because He intends nothing but good and growth for His people and glory for His Son, Jesus. First Peter chapter 1, verse 7, that verse I mentioned earlier, tells us that a faith refined by fire is for the play, praise, glory, and honor of Jesus. At Cooper's funeral, rather, his dear friend and and fellow hymnist, John Newton, said of Cooper, he suffered much here for 27 years, but eternity is long enough to make amends for all. Eternity is long enough to make amends for all. So take heart, because today we're one day closer to eternity, where storm clouds don't exist and the sun is shining eternally, and every tear-stained face will feel the tender touch of Jesus. Thank you for listening to the BC 20 podcast. Make sure to subscribe for more sermons and intentional conversations. You can also check us out online at bc20.com.